0: Hello, and welcome to Plot Trists. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing Orchids and Mistletoe by Kate Bateman. This was published in 2022 and is the third and a half book in the Secrets and Spies series. Full disclosure, we have read none of the Secrets and Spies series.
1: I was about to ask you, because I'm not going to lie. Other than like a passing reference to the three dudes who had been in his cohort or whatever... There's not many other characters who would have appeared in previous books. And we read a lot of books about wartime Napoleon-era spies in Napoleon-era. And I was just <laughs> like, I have no idea if this nope. is one that we've read. <laughs> we have not. And
0: uh, again, I know I say this every time, but I truly think you can read this without having read those first three. There, there's, There's no specific really time about where those people play a role like they're mentioned but i don't think you have to know what happened in their books to understand this
1: meg kit and emma are the only two characters who appear on page with both names and lines Mm -hmm. there are housekeepers and like servants that have lines and are denoted by their profession And there are friends mentioned in passing or written, like I wrote a letter to, but literally the only two characters who get both page time and names are Kit and Emma. So no, you don't need anything else for this. There's not a reference
0: to anything. That's what I thought. Look, sometimes I get it wrong, but I was pretty sure I got it right this time.
1: You did. I just, I don't feel like knowing when it's wrong is that hard. I I do, because,
2: like, this, to me, is the same as, like, I don't know, Winter's book. Absolutely not. (laughs) I'm serious. Like, I'm not shitting you. Absolutely not. (laughs) Meg,
1: okay. We're going to have to have a talk after this episode.
0: Uh, Book Jacket. Reclusive ex-spy Christopher Kit Carlyle has barely left his country estate since his escape from wartime captivity, but a deathbed promise has forced him to London to seek out the beautiful and
1: frustratingly elusive Emma Townsend. Botanist Emma is back from Brazil, determined to keep her precious orchids alive long enough to present them to the Royal Society. For that, she needs a hothouse and the assistance of the one man who's always made her heart beat faster, the broodingly handsome Kit. When Kit reluctantly agrees to allow Emma
0: and her plants to spend Christmas with him at his country estate, the
1: attraction that simmers between them is hard to deny. In Emma's company, grouchy Kit rediscovers the joy of being alive, while Emma can't resist the impulse to make Kit smile again. Or to steal his clothes while he's
0: bathing. Yeah, she didn't do that as a joke. She did it to see his dick. Yeah, and also this is um, inaccurate even in itself. Yeah. So the first one is he's forced to come to London to seek out Emma. And in the... Not true. The third one he reluctantly agrees to let her spend Christmas with him. And I'm like, if he came to find her, why would he be
1: reluctant about this? I mean, he didn't expect her to stay with him at Christmas because he didn't expect to have any guests at Christmas, but he's not like, ugh, Emma. He's just like, I mean, I have a skeleton staff and wasn't planning on hosting, but you, okay.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, to me, the issue is he happens to run into her. He's not specifically looking for her, right? (laughs) Like, he knows he needs to meet with her, but he doesn't come to London just for her.
1: No, he's going to the docks in chapter one for her, but he comes back to London because he's gotten out of fucking POW camp.
0: hmm And he's like, okay, I gotta find Emma. But that's, anyway, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It makes it sound sexier than it is. That's the biggest issue.
1: Everything about this book is a prelude to something that doesn't happen. It's very frustrating for me, for Lane, and for Emma. I am 100% sure that when Meg posts the, this episode is up, it will include a screenshot of a text I sent her.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's possible.
0: <laughs> oh, well, as usual, we generated a random number. For novellas, we generate that number between 1 and 25. And for this episode, the number we generated was 13. 13. I I can start. I'll start. So my 13-word summary. If this were steamy, the title would be Willed to His Best Friend.
1: That if is doing a lot of work in that sense.
0: Doing a lot of work. Because please keep in mind that this book is not steamy. So that title that sounds very steamy is absolutely inaccurate. Sadly.
1: So sad. Uh, My 13-word summary. Checklist before wooing dead BFF sister. Get Buff again. She's in England.
2: Baths. Very important checklist.
1: I especially love the Get Buff again. Yeah. Because, like, they spend for a very short book a lot of reflection on his time in prisoner of war camps. With a dying best friend and just how emaciated he got mm-hmm. and everything he had to do to get hot again. Mm-hmm. And then just how frivolous he's like he's broader than I remember. And it's like, bitch, I don't know that that's how this should be portrayed. And even
0: later, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm so glad that I had a chance to get hot again before she saw me in
1: the nude. Yeah, he like literally the, he didn't. The number one reason he hasn't met up with her to return this locket is that she was in Brazil. But it is not an insignificant reason that he was like, oh, she can't see me like that. hmm Yeah. Uh, tropes lane. Childhood friends to lovers. Uh, her older brother, now dead, and he were besties. And so he's known her since she was a little girl. hmm Got some
0: forced proximity. She's got to live in his house for a reason.
1: It's very thin, but I was fine with it. I, I was, too. I liked it a lot, actually. But, yeah. The Trof. reason is that he has a hot house, mm-hmm. and she can't get another one to keep these damn orchids alive. I had a lot of questions about that house. That hothouse sounded very hot. It, it sounded like science that I'm not sure existed. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and then, FYI,
1: guys, she is a botanist.
0: She's a botanist.
1: It's been a long time, but I really feel like we need to celebrate the return of botanist and not a botanist woman scientist. Uh, but most importantly, in this context, women can't be scientists or women mm-hmm. can't join X society or women can't present at X meeting because all of that is packed into this very short book.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. I
0: mean, this it has a good setup, right? Yeah. It has a great setup, which is. He was best friends with this guy who died. Before the guy died, he was like, "Take this locket and give it to Emma, please, and please make sure you know take care of her
2: when Ugh. I'm gone."
0: Yeah, right. And then <laughs> and he then immediately kicked, broke. Then he kicked the bucket, <laughs> and so he's promised him, um, and he's been he's been trying to keep the promise. But as Lane said, she's been in Brazil, so her ship docks, and he's like, I'm going to go find her and give her this locket so that I can fulfill this dying wish of my dead BFF.
1: And she's like, thank goodness. I would have been seeking you out anyway. I brought back all these orchids. Most of them have died. And I need a place to put them safely until after Christmas. Something that was not clear to me in the text immediately. And I just feel like it's worth saying if anyone wants to read this, because it's not a spoiler. She's like, I came over with 23 lo- orchids and only five have made it. And I need to name these after my dead brother. Yeah, they're all the same plant.
2: Mm-hmm. Like the
1: same type of plant. Like my brain was thinking she had like 23 different kinds of orchids. And was just like, just one of them's got to make it. And it's, she had 23 plants of the same specimen.
0: Mm-hmm. Of the same one, Yeah. But I do love that the the weird ass reason she picks to be with him. It's not you know, like if you wanted to get Christmassy with this shit, it would have been
2: his her brother, whose name I don't remember. Do you remember her brother's name? Dead guy. <laughs> so on his deathbed, if he had said like his middle name was
1: David. I don't
0: remember his <laughs> first name. He said, like, I don't want my sister to be alone at Christmas, plane.
1: Yes, that would have upped this rating so much.
0: And then she gets back and he invites her to his place. And she says no because she's got to find a place for her orchids. And he's like, but I have a hothouse. Like. And I want to be clear. Be he's not into plants. They don't have botany in common. They don't. He just would. What he has in this hothouse that he likes is there's a hot
2: spring, which is what heats the hothouse. Is it a natural hot spring? Yes. That's what I thought.
0: Anyway, so basically it's a sauna, but with lots of plants. Which does because sound kind of cool. Dad was a plant guy. Yeah. I mean, I would like to
1: go to a sauna that's like in a tropical rainforest. Not disputing that the environment sounds cool. Just laughing at how um, over-the-top and yet not Christmassy the whole thing was.
0: Yeah, yeah. There could have been a Christmas thing. Could have been a Christmas
2: reason. But there wasn't. And they, like, did not celebrate Christmas. (laughs) Didn't do much Christmas stuff.
1: Spoiler for the candy cane rating. My eyes are conveying violence.
0: Okay. I was into this hot tub. I was so excited about this hot tub until... The potential was wasted, <laughs> Lane. It was wasted potential. God, don't write a hot tub into your Regency romance if you're not going to get in the hot tub
1: together. It's I, And I will say this. A couple of authors have written pools and sometimes like heated pools into their Regency romances. And every example of it I can think of, it was used for its intended purpose, a.k.a. sex. So sometimes several times over by different people, throughout a series, so I just want to say that this is the first time I feel like I've been disappointed in this way, and so I was extremely surprised to be disappointed, because I just felt like the writing was on the wall, that this was about to get sexy.
0: Yeah, well, and we've read Kate Bateman before. We know she can write sexy stuff. She
1: wrote bear-adjacent sex. Not in terms of they were adjacent to bears in their spirits, but as in, like, the bears were nearby. Yeah, but then they, like, did it in the dirt from behind like a bear, so they were kind of close.
0: Actually, both ways. Okay, yeah, it works both ways. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, uh, we'll get there, obviously, but that was sad.
1: We've seen a conflict before where when women are not validated in scientific circles, either they or brothers use their names and take all the credit, a la... Oh, gosh, the playwright in the Maiden Lane series or Daphne in Mr. uh, Mr. Impossible. Sometimes they need someone to pretend to be them in front of people and they hire someone or they masquerade as a man to do so. Sometimes they need to get married to be considered for the conference. Mm -hmm. So you knew something about this orchid plan was going to require a dude in some capacity. You expected there to be more conflict with that than there was, and I think that's mm-hmm. as much as we can say without spoiling it. hmm
2: Yeah. I will say that Kit has a fear of public speaking. So there you go. Yeah. The ending of this book was um, abrupt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was there there wasn't an epilogue either, right? It just no. ended. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> like I was holding out hope the entire time I was, uh, you know, I was waiting, not just, for I mean, sex, but I was waiting for a conflict. Yeah. But like, of course, at the ending, like the ending, she, yeah, there was, there needed to be another chapter of just sex. I could have forgiven no conflict. But I can't forgive no sex.
1: You know it's serious because Meg has started talking with her hands. (laughs) You can't see it, but. I talk with my hands. It's a Tuesday. Meg talks with her hands. A (laughs) wrong has been committed. This was very very upsetting, okay? (laughs) I will say, I loved how she was already independent. Mm -hmm. So she owns these ships. She takes them to Brazil. She does scientific explorations. She rights to scientific societies under fake names. She is an adventurer in her own right. And there is no angst behind those decisions in her past. Like, look, she's a sad tragic orphan with a dead brother. I'm not saying there's no angst in her life, but there is no, like, she was ruined in society and therefore she became a spinster. There Mm -hmm. was no, she's waited to go on the shelf so she could finally live her own dreams. Like how she became empowered to own this stuff and make these travels on her own is sort of not delved into in a way I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. Like, she was independent. That was taken at face value. He didn't view it as scandalous or potentially scandalous or as something that would need to be considered. It was just they were equals and moving on. Do Mm -hmm. I think it's historically accurate? No. Was it refreshing as fuck? Yes. No. All right. Content
0: warnings. Her brother is dead. He died in POW camp
2: in Spain because of Napoleon. Was it in Spain? Yeah. yeah.
1: Because Napoleon, like you say. So there's that. Um, both of them watch each other bathe in the misleading pool.
2: <laughs> pool of them. false
1: promises. Yeah. <laughs> in the pool of false promises. Um, in both ways, it's absolutely not consensual. Absolutely and not. The creepiness of it is just really glossed over. The the first
0: one, okay. So when she, when he watches her, it's it's at first written from her point of view, and I was like, oh, he's gonna walk in. This is gonna be fun. But she just like enjoys a relaxing time in the tub, and then she leaves. And then the next chapter, he's like, he
1: like emerges from the bushes, <laughs> and you're like, no. And he's like, I couldn't tell her I was here working out, obviously. And I'm just like, why? I'm like, yes, you could. You could have walked around the corner.
0: What should have happened is he should have walked around the corner to hop in the hot tub after, you know, lifting weights. And then been like, oh, no, you're here. And he's half naked and she's fully naked.
1: And then she would have been like, well, like, you can join me. Well, that would have led to sex. And that's a crime in this book. Apparently. Uh, and then... it. At-
0: the next time when she's ogling him, she decides that she's just going to steal his clothes. So at least she's not she's not trying to hide forever that she was there, right?
1: Yeah, but she hides his clothes with sort of half thinking, like, he might get pissed, but I'll see his dick. <laughs> it's really weird.
0: It's really weird. It's really weird. But, I mean, they're made for each other, obviously, since they both did this thing.
1: Obviously. And this is a content warning that could go in every historical romance novel, but it actually bothered me here. So content Mm -hmm. warning for colonialism. She feels like she discovered this orchid, and therefore it should be named after her brother, and this should be his immortality. And there's just a real sense of, like, I'm going to Brazil to actually put it on the map. Mm. And this, like, white imperialist mentality with absolutely no introspection and no thought of, like, well, the locals call it this, or... It it, it just, it really graded. Like, she had no thought for Native Brazilians. This was all about her conquering and taking.
0: Yeah. Well, and I was interested, too, because she's going to name it, you know, Orchidei Townsendia or something. Purple. And I was like, um, like, that's fine. But, like, I know you're saying you're naming it after your brother, but you're also naming it after yourself. Right. Which is is fine. Like, uh, that doesn't bother me, you know, like. Go ahead, you're a botanist, but also like don't lie.
1: Well, in fairness, she's about to take his name, so
0: yes, but they weren't engaged at the time or anything like that.
1: And she wasn't <laughs> like, maybe someday I'll get married. You know what I mean?
2: Anyway, whatever. Agree. And finally, we come to the the true travesty that is this book. There's
0: no sexiness. Like, there is a setup. There are several times when a
2: nice, good old sex scene is set up. There is a hot tub of false promises.
0: There's a hot tub. Okay, there's a hot tub. Both of them spy on the other one naked in this hot tub. So that's two different scenes. It's written by Kate Bateman. It's written by Kate Bateman. And then there's another part where... She's like, I want to know what physical passion is like. So before I hop on my boat and go back to Brazil, I'll ask him if he wants to do, you know, like one or two nights with me. And she does this, and that's of course when he proposes. But they're like in bed,
2: right? No, nope. They then don't. That's when the bed. B- that's when the book ends. And it's still not on the page. Yep. So it
0: was, um like, honestly, the most disappointing about this book. Like, I, I don't know.
1: it It's really short. It's it's really short. Like, it, like it is it's very short. Too short for a novella. It felt like half a book. You can add another
0: chapter or another scene or another five paragraphs. I mean, honestly, this book
1: could have used, like, fully two more chapters. Again, yeah. There is no one else on the page. Talk about wanting any sense of exterior lives. Any sense of purpose. Like, this has nothing. Right. Right. Anyway. Whatever. No conflict. No secondary characters. No sex. I'm not saying it was terrible. I actually had a lot of fun with what was there. But I, like, I feel like I read half a thing. Mm-hmm. All
2: right. Candy
0: Cane rating, Lane. I don't, like, one and a half out of five. Wait, so you rated this one
2: higher than Mistletoe... And Mischief and Mistletoe?
1: Yeah. How did you do that? Because his entire character is not celebrating Christmas, but still being the guy who gives his staff off. Okay. It just felt very like Christmas, like his whole character felt very a Christmas story. Okay. It was never followed through on. I think his characterization is like the hot tub of missed opportunities and false promises. This title is just going to keep getting longer every time I have to talk about it. But, like, he he sends all of his staff because he cares in his heart, but he wants to spend Christmas alone and grumpy. And, yes, the most significant act of voyeurism happens on Christmas Day. Like, it's failing completely. One is probably more accurate. I'm changing it to one. But I'm giving I'm just, it, like, the he is a – neither Mabel nor Dude McFace, Egyptologist, like – have any Christmas tropes to them. Like that was just a magic book that happened to take place on Christmas Eve. This book,
0: It took place on Christmas Eve. There was mistletoe and there was a Christmas
1: day proposal. Yeah. That's irrelevant. I'm saying uh other than the mistletoe, you could have transported that book to any other time of year. Whereas this, you like, you saw a little bit of, Oh, look at him being a good employer on the holidays. Like this could have been Dickensian in terms of his character arc. And it just didn't go there. Look, who am I to argue with you about your Christmas,
0: ca- their, your Christmas cane, your candy cane rating? It's fine. I just. Look, uh, we're debating. Just between. A,
1: you're correct. I lowered it to a one. I have my <laughs> reasons, but these are not Christmassy.
0: No, they're not. Uh, oh, well. oh, oh, oh.
1: And this is the one where she climbs the tree going, trying to pick mistletoe for his house. Yeah, I stand by this. She's picking mistletoe for his house. She falls into him. They almost make out in the snow. Almost, almost. Yeah, no, this is this is Christmasier than Mabel and what's as fuck. Yeah. Alright. You know, that's fine. I can think of two things about this that stand out in my mind as Christ- as Christmassy.
2: Yeah.
1: Nothing from the Mabel and What's his Fuck book stand out in my mind as Christmassy.
0: Alright. That's fine. It's interesting just because thinking back, I think of that one as being more Christmassy than this one.
1: Interesting. Yeah. But that's fine, you know. I want to be bludgeoned over the head with Christmas. I mean, I get it, but anyway. I mean, again, we're debating between a one and a point five here. This is like no one is arguing that this is Christmas.
0: It's true, but um, our next episode is going to be the uh,
2: latest full-length novel by Kate Bateman, and I think we're going to have a we'll be singing a different tune.
1: <laughs> Look, was this a bad book? No, it was half a book. It was, you're and not right. like half a it, novel. It was like half a concept.
0: It, yeah, it it was. Uh, there there should have been more. There had to have been more. But I'm mean, anyway. very,
1: I other than the content warnings, I really don't have qualms about what was there. I enjoyed it. It was fun. They were cute characters. Like let's do this. Yeah.
2: But where's the rest of it? Yeah. No. I mean, I'm not you're... like in a sense of oh, I would have wanted more.
0: No. No. No, like like the Elizabeth Hoyt we talked about, the Elizabeth Hoyt Christmas novella that we talked about, um, like we we thought it would have been better served as a novel, but it was fine as a novella, right? Right. Like we were like, we would have liked to have more. It but was it's a fine. discreet story as a novella. Yeah. yeah, this needed it really needed more. Like you said, a good two more chapters.
2: So
1: if you're looking, if you really like Kate Bateman and you wish she only wrote closed door, check it out.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, but other than that, it's fine. Thank you guys so much for listening.